Hi there, this is Patrick, and you're listening to Youth St. Stephen, a podcast produced by the youth ministries here at St. Stephen Lutheran Church. Thanks for joining us today. We're so glad you're with us. Enjoy the message. Hey, it's time to stretch. If your faith were a muscle, how flexible would it be? Could it stretch to your knees, your shins, your toes? Or are you not even sure you have any faith to stretch in the first place? Just like your body, if you want a faith that is strong, growing, and capable of carrying you through difficult challenges, you're going to need to stretch it. It might be fun, it might be challenging, but it will definitely be worthwhile. In our series, we'll discover four different ways we can stretch our faith from Paul, the author of the book of Romans, and a man whose life was completely transformed by Jesus. Thanks to Paul's words, we know we can stretch our faith by making a commitment, by starting something new, and by letting something go. We can even stretch our faith when we feel like we failed. So tell me, are you ready to stretch? Oh my gosh, it's a week till Halloween. Ah! It's so exciting. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know what that means too? It's our last week of our series. It's the last week of stretch. In the last few weeks, we have stretched our bodies, stretched our brains, stretched some rubber bands, stretched our faith. I hope so. All of that stretching is great, but it is possible to stretch too far. So question, have you ever strained, sprained, or pulled a muscle before? because it's not fun. For the last few weeks, we've been talking about how you can grow and strengthen your faith by stretching it just like you would a muscle. You can stretch your faith by making a commitment to grow. You can stretch it by starting a new habit that will help your faith grow. You can stretch it by letting go of an old habit that is keeping you from growing. Now, when we decide to grow our muscles, whether it be physical or spiritual, we all start with big commitments and great intentions. But here's the truth. At some point, you will experience a setback. That's life. The commitment you made will feel less exciting, interesting, or urgent than it did in the beginning. You'll forget to practice the new habit you started and once again, grab on to that old habit that you tried to give up. Someday, maybe someday soon, you're going to fail. And when you fail, what will you do next? I know no one likes to admit they're a failure. So I'll go first. I'll break that ice. When it comes to my faith, man, I have failed so many times. There are so many reasons we might fail in our faith. Maybe we commit to reading the Bible every day. We get one of those super cool calendars. You know, I am going to read this verse that it says on this day, and I'm going to do it for a whole year. But I don't. Or maybe make it a habit to pray consistently, but suddenly realize it's been months since we've last talked to God. Or maybe we decide to love others like God loves us until we snap at somebody who gets under our skin. When we fail, we often feel defeated, ashamed, and hopeless. We sometimes even give up. Today, I want to challenge you to think about failure differently. What if failure isn't something to fear or be ashamed of? What if failure can actually help our faith grow? 
What if failure is just part of the stretch? Some of the greatest heroes in the Bible were people who might be considered failures, maybe even epic failures. Moses was chosen to lead God's people, but he was terrible, I mean terrible, at public speaking. And once, he killed somebody. Sarah was told by God that she would be a mother at an old age, but she laughed in God's face and took matters into her own hands. God made David king of Israel, but David used his power to take advantage of a woman and had her husband killed. One of Jesus' closest disciples, Peter, denied even knowing Jesus, and he cut off a guy's ear with a sword. All of these great biblical heroes failed. We, we 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 can't get around that. They failed. But their failures weren't the end of their stories. Even when they failed, they let their faith be stretched. Moses' faith was stretched when he saw that God could use him despite his past mistakes and present fears. Sarah's faith was stretched when she discovered God not only forgave her for her doubts and disobedience, but still gave her what was promised to her. David's faith was stretched when God allowed him to experience both grace and justice for the wrongs he committed. And Peter's faith was stretched when Jesus not only forgave him for saying he didn't even know who he was, but then promised to make Peter a great leader in the history of God's church. All of these people, yeah, they were failures. But their failures weren't the end of their stories. For these followers of God, failure was just another stretch that helped them develop a stronger faith. In scripture today, we're reading in Romans chapter 7 and in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul, one of the most influential leaders in the history of the church and whose letter to Romans we've been reading, understood failure well. I'm reading in Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 15. It says, I don't understand what I do. I don't do what I want to do. Instead, I do what I hate to do. I do what I don't want to do. So I agree that the law is good. As it is, I am no longer the one who does these things. It is sin living in me that does them. I know there is nothing good in my desires controlled by sin. I want to do what is good, but I can't. I don't do the good things I want to do. I keep on doing the evil things I don't want to do. I do what I don't want to do, but I am not really the one who is doing it. It is sin living in me that does it. Here is the law I find working in me. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Deep inside me, I find joy in God's law, but I see another law working in me. It fights against the law of my mind. It makes me a prisoner of the law of sin. That law controls me. What a terrible failure I am. Who will save me from this sin that brings death to my body? I give thanks to God who saves me. He saves me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
So in my mind, I am a slave to God's law, but sin controls my desires. So I am a slave to the law of sin. Even Paul, the great church leader and super Christian, said he struggled. He didn't understand why he did what he did. He wanted to do the right thing, right? But he couldn't seem to do it. He often did things that he hated and he couldn't stop. He was always at war between good and evil. And he sometimes felt hopeless, but trusted that God would always rescue him. See, when I read Paul's words, I see the two reasons he often failed are the same two reasons you and I often fail. Number one, we fail to stop. We try to stop doing what we know we shouldn't do, but keep failing. And number two, we fail to start. We try to start doing things we know we should do, but keep failing in that too. In another letter, this one was written to the Christians in a city named Corinth. Paul spoke about a specific area of his life that caused him to struggle. I'm reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 7. It says, God has shown me amazing and wonderful things. People should not think more of me because of it. So I wouldn't become proud of myself. I was given a problem. This problem caused pain in my body. It is a messenger from Satan to make me suffer. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is all you need. My power is strongest when you are weak. So I am very happy to brag about how weak I am. Then Christ's power can rest on me. Because of how I suffered for Christ, I am glad that I am weak. I am glad in hard times. I am glad when people say mean things about me. I am glad when things are difficult. And I am glad when people make me suffer. When I am weak, I am strong. Wow. Not only did Paul fail when it came to sin, but there were also times when Paul felt overwhelmed, weak, and powerless. But rather than being frustrated and angry about his weaknesses, Paul found a way to delight or find pleasure in those weaknesses. How? Well, Paul understood that his failures and struggles weren't liabilities. They could actually bring him closer to Jesus. When Paul looked at his weaknesses, he saw opportunities for his faith to stretch and grow stronger. You might be excited about stretching your faith and growing closer to Jesus, but at some point, I'm going to be real with you. You will feel like a failure. You will make mistakes. You will doubt. You will ask questions. You will lose passion and lose focus. But when you do, remember that God isn't surprised by your failure. Your failure is just a part of the stretch. Failure will happen, but failure doesn't have to be the end of your story. When you fail, and again, you will, you have two choices. You can let shame, frustration, and hopelessness prevent you from trying again. Or... 
You can let God use your failure to stretch you and make your faith grow stronger. Next time you fail, whether it's next week, in the next five minutes, or in the next five years, I hope you choose to keep moving forward and to keep stretching through your failures. Remember our big idea. You can stretch your faith even when you fail. So what do we do when we hit the brick wall that is failure? How do we turn our weakness, our sinfulness, our shame into growth? When you got a second, Google this. Johnny Brownlee helping his brother over the finish line of a marathon. It is an amazing show of both brotherhood and sportsmanship. Watch it. If you're taking notes, here are three ways we can turn what feels like failure into growth. Number one, before you fail, get a community. Do it now, before you're stumbling. Surround yourself with people who want to see you succeed and be the kind of person who helps others through their failures. Ask someone to hold you accountable. Reach out for help from others when it's hard to keep moving. Don't be afraid to be honest. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable because it is the best way to get the help you need. Number two, when you fail, fall on Jesus. Paul knew that only Jesus could rescue him from himself. And the same is true for you and for me. When you fail, fall on Jesus. He won't be angry. He won't be disappointed. He won't even be surprised. You know why? Because he's God. He knows exactly who you are, how you struggle, and yet he loves you anyway. Number three, when you fail, get back up. Don't let failure or fear of failure paralyze you. There is more to your story than your latest or your greatest failure. If the people we talked about today teach us anything, it's that God is always ready to forgive and use us despite our failures. As we close this series, I hope you remember this. If you want your faith to grow and to be strengthened, it does not happen overnight. It has to start somewhere, and it can start today with a simple stretch. Our big ideas in our series that we went over, number one, you can stretch your faith by making a commitment. Number two, you can stretch your faith by starting something new. Number three, you can stretch your faith by letting something go. And today we talked about how you can stretch your faith even when you fail. Remember those. Live on those. God bless. Well, hey there, you're still listening. You are the true MVP. Give yourself a nice pat on the back. 
We as a ministry for today's youth pour our heart into these episodes. And when someone goes all in and listens to everything we've got, it makes our heart shine. So thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, share it with a friend. Send them a text or a snap and feel free to post us on your story. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. You can send us an audio message on Anchor. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining in and spending some time together. We can't wait to see you again. Check out what else we've got for you at stephen.org slash youth. And remember, God loves you no matter what. See you soon.